Hi, welcome to the Judaism from Within podcast. My name is Similana. Continuing our journey through the mitzvahs of the Torah, we went through Shabbos. Now we're moving on to another expression of Shabbos, Yom Kippur. It is referred to as Shabbos Shabbosain. What we're going to do is discuss it, the reasons for it, but also how the particular aspects or the religious expressions give rise to the gold. Remember, that's always going to be our purpose. When we discuss mitzvahs in the Torah, we're not going to just give reasons on the surface, but we want to see how the individual actions that we symbolically live out refer back to the original goal of the mitzvah, how the particulars live out into the general rule. But beforehand, I just want to make a quick point. I'm going to be doing a live parashashir once a week on a Wednesday. I live in Ramat Bet Shemesh in Israel. It's going to be live in the synagogue, the shul, Gehilas Shifte Yeshurun of Rabbi Haber. Um, if anybody's in the area or lives in Ramat Bet Shemesh, please, you're welcome. It's also going to be on Zoom. That doesn't help you if you're in America because it'll be quite late. It's going to be at 10 o'clock Israel time, which is 8 o'clock UK time. You're all welcome. And it's going to be a half an hour share um, on the parsha. So I'm going to take a couple of key ideas, develop them, and... Uh, call it a day. So, if anybody's able to join me, the link will be in the description. And yes, moving on. So it's a tricky one, because I want to make these podcasts relevant throughout the year, but Yom Kippur's not particularly relevant right now. I mean, the time of this recording, it's Hanukkah. But learning about Tamiha mitzvahs and the reasons for the mitzvahs is broader than the particular mitzvah itself. It comes along with a philosophy. It comes along with a way of looking at the world. Or as Rav Hirsch would call it, it allows you to look at Judaism from within itself. Meaning the particulars and the ideas that we develop about Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, and we'll repeat this idea, should have ways of being relevant in our lives right now. So what is Yom Kippur? Well, Yom Kippur is like a Shabbos, but in a sort of opposite way around. Shabbos gives you strength for your future. It allows you to commit yourself, gain spiritual strength for your duty moving forward. Yom Kippur sort of refers to the past. It's called the Day of Atonement, which interestingly, from an etymological point of view in English, it refers to being at one with God again. You're sort of making one again. That's not really what we're doing. We're trying to affect our past. And this is quite a tricky one, because if we paint out the experience of being human. We live our lives, we strive to achieve goals, but at times we reflect whether we've lived up to our goals and our values, and at times we realize we haven't. In which case, what do you do? Now, in philosophy and psychology, this was always criticized. Why are you talking about atonement or forgiveness? What goal are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to do? beat yourself up? What value is that? Just change your ways. There's a criticism that kind of makes sense. Why dwell on the past? Why don't you just move forward? Because atonement and forgiveness and the word that we will use, kapara, refers to the past. But what are we doing here? Why focus on the past? Why not just strive for the future? And I think this is a fair criticism. What are you trying to do? What is the value of focusing on the past. So that's the first question. Why are you focusing on the past? What does Yom Kippur do? And why is this a value? Second question is how does this relate to the actions that take place on Yom Kippur? Primarily, 
We don't do malacha. We don't do creative activity. Like we discussed with Shabbos, the same thing applies on Yom Kippur. There's withholding from development of the world. There's a withholding from creative activity by human beings on the material world, like we saw on Shabbos. What is the connection there? And lastly, there's an addition, which is known as inoi, which we withhold from gratification as well. We don't eat, where there's no marital intimacy. There, there are a lot of things we don't wash. We also withhold from gratifying the self or developing the self. So it's not only the development of the external, it's also the development of the internal that's put on hold. How do these ideas relate to each other? What is built by these two ideas? To answer these questions, I think from Rav Hirsch's broader writing, you see a pattern emerge. There is something we're trying to achieve on Yom Kippur, but the beauty about this is you're trying to achieve it throughout the entire year. Kapara and Tahara. Kapara means protection, sort of external protection. Now, the word protection, generally speaking, isn't something we use to describe kapara. But protection means that I am a person who impacts the world. I have an effect on the world around me. I want that effect to be a good effect. If I change myself, I affect kapara. I affect, because that's how kapara is used in the Torah. Kapara in the Torah is not used for forgiveness. The notion that comes about with the term kapara is that something is protected. Something will be protected from an external force. And if I can achieve kapara, from an external standpoint, I become the person who won't affect negatively. Tahara, purity, in the sense of internal purity, that I become the type of person who manifests within myself a better way of life. A, I am compelled to do the good. Or in the language of Rav Hirsch, Tahara is the undimmed capacity to do the good. So everything we enact in life will be for good or for bad. Now that sounds really dark and really scary, but if we reflect on it, thoughts, actions, words, they all have their effect. Everything in life has its effect. We can't escape that. That's the world, the existence we live in. And from the point of view of the human being, there are internal and external manifestations. Thoughts are internal, words and actions are external. So if we step back, Yom Kippur is a time where we're trying to make a rectification. We're reflecting of how we have or have not lived up to our value systems. Have we lived up to what we expected of ourselves? The way this is lived out is with teshuva and vidui. Now, there's lots of terms being thrown around, but let me just sort of ground it again. We spoke about the idea of kapara and tahara. What we're trying to achieve, the protection from how we affect the world, and the changing of the internal self to be the one that's compelled to do the good. Okay, that's the goal for Yom Kippur, the goal for life in general, in terms of trying to rectify our past actions and our past effects. How is this done? Well, this is done through what we call teshuva and vidui. Teshuva is when you go to someone and you say, look, do you forgive me for what I did to you? Trying to make a restitution with the people around you, with the world external to yourself. How do you do it from an internal standpoint? With the concept of vidui, which is confession, but not confession in the Christian sense of the word. Rav Hirsch is clear to point out that vidui is in the reflexive. It's the hisvada. 
Now, to break a very long story short, the idea of the his vada, to confess to the self almost. Yes, we believe God is clearly listening, but he knows what you're thinking anyway, so why do we confess? You confess so you hear it. By articulating how I didn't live up to my values. I didn't live up, I misused the world around me. I knew I had a duty and a responsibility, and I didn't do it. The simple act of saying it is half the job. I've articulated that I could have done better. That means an admission that I did wrong, but I have the capacity to grow. That changes you. You become a different person through the act of confession. Not to a priest, but to yourself. In the presence of God, but you're doing it to yourself. The beauty about these ideas are that they, they make sense in, in a vacuum. I articulate how I didn't live up to my values. I then become internally. You hear the echo of the Tahara aspect of Yom Kippur coming into play. I become a type of person who has changed. Teshuvah is the external manifestation. I try and mitigate the effects. I do that and I become a person who changes the world around me. So we have the goal. Kapara and Tahara. We have the mode in which it's achieved to Shuva and Vidui. But it's lived out as well. I misused the world around me. That's what I've done. I acknowledge that. Thereby, Malacha is withheld from on Yom Kippur. I don't develop the world further on Yom Kippur as a recognition that I misused the world around me. By the misusing of the world around me, I give voice to that on Yom Kippur by withholding from further development of the world around me. That's the external manifestation. And the internal manifestation, I withhold from personal development. I withhold from enjoyment, that which develops the self. I don't eat. I don't drink. I withhold from washing. I withhold from marital intimacy. I withhold from things that develop me as a person. That's what I have to withhold from on Yom Kippur. But this is an important point to point out that yes, we withhold from enjoyment, but this isn't self-chastisement. I don't care about the pain. That's not Jewish. And Rav Hirsch says the rabbis were key to point this out. That's why the day before we make an effort to enjoy ourselves more, eating itself and enjoying oneself the day before Yom Kippur is considered a mitzvah. So let's summarize. What's Yom Kippur? Why do I focus on the past? Well, we focus on the past for a reason, because we want to change the future. We want to achieve Tahara and Kapara, protection from my effects in the world around me, become the type of person who has the capacity, or as we said, the undimmed, the bright capacity to do good in the world around me. This is achieved through Teshuvah and Vidoy. Teshuvah of direct effect on the outside world. Vidui, the hisvador, confessing to the self. Talking to the self. Articulating where I have not lived up to my values. Then we move forward with the actual real-life symbolic expression. These ideas aren't in the realm of philosophy or just in the mind. But I express them on a day of Yom Kippur through withholding from creative activity in the external world or the development of the self. And we can see why now, not to end on a negative point, the same way when someone breaks Shabbos. Why is that a big idea from the Jewish tradition? Because a person demonstrates that he doesn't 
believe or he is not committed to the idea that the world has purpose, that the world was created. Created implies purpose, implies a creator. Same with Yom Kippur. If a person desecrates Yom Kippur, the lived expression is that I don't hold an accounting for my life. I believe the world is mine. I believe that I have no one I have to be accountable to. And not to once again end on a negative, but there is something very scary about a person who doesn't feel they owe an accountability. On principle, to give a short story that gives rise to this, and when I'm teaching students in different capacities, when I talk to them about my relationship with my children, sometimes they can ask me, like, why does your child listen to you? And children listen to their parents to a point where they feel they don't have to anymore. Perhaps with my son's relationship with me, he experiences me being, well, belittling myself to something else. Meaning if a parent feels or acts towards his children like he has no accountability to anyone, the child will reflect that as well later on in life. And that will manifest in his relationship with you. But if you demonstrate to your child that you feel there is something above you, that you are accountable to as well, that daddy is also accountable. Why is daddy doing this? Because daddy has a duty. Daddy has a responsibility. And daddy holds his responsibility as being real. That lays itself onto your child and your children as well. So, Yom Kippur, but hopefully with a contemporary, um, throughout the year relevance. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful upcoming Shabbos.